Hello, and welcome to Alignment Work, the podcast where we talk about all things alignment. My name is Karen, and thank you so much for tuning back in, or if this is your first time listening, thank you for tuning in. I'm excited to be sitting and talking with one of my best friends in the entire world. Oh God, I'm about to choke. One of my best friends in the entire world, Rafael Gonzalez. I am not going to say too much more than I love him up and down and around, but I also want to give him a chance to like say what he wants to say about himself. So Rafael, welcome. What's up? You know, Jay chilling like a villain. Um, I mean, what do you, what do people want to know? Yeah, I'm Rafael Gonzalez. I work in education. Um, I am a millennial. I live in Queens, New York. Um, diehard Mets fan, diehard Knicks fan. Team RJ Barrett was good. <laughs> Gonna be an all star. Um, yeah, that's me. Um, Puerto Rican and Cuban. I love to talk about um, challenging and and working to dismantle all systems. They don't have to be oppression related. Just like fuck the systems. Like is really what it's about. Felt that and. I think that is a great introduction. Um, So just, I guess, so kind of start us off before we really get into the topic. Um, How are you doing? Like, how are you doing? How was your day? Like, I know how my day was. It was actually pretty decent, you know, first time in a while where I'm just like, oh, I go to work. Work did not suck. I came home and now I'm home and I'm already thinking about what I'm going to eat tonight. But no, otherwise, just wanted to see where your day was at, like, but it has been the highlight. Hmm, the highlight of my day. Well, my day's been okay. Work was all right. Um, I traded a lot of emails, had a meeting or two. I think the highlight was definitely um, taking my lunch break to like tidy up around my house and like clean up and, and make it feel nice and good and, and ready for me to live in it. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. And I'm also sitting here like living the hybrid life like, oh, I would love to just come home and work on my 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 dishes before going into a meeting, but I only get to do that two days a week. So uh, nonetheless, we will kind of get into that Um, because you are my first guest that is not only my first guest on alignment work. We're also the first person that I talked to on a podcast other than myself. And this has been a really big, like long time coming for me. Cause I'm like, ah, I could keep going and do this all day, but honestly having somebody else to like, you know, bounce not only ideas, but just process life with is also really interesting. But um, what I'm hoping that I get to do, uh, you already answered that one big question. So like, who is Raphael? I mean, you could say, obviously say more, but what you said has been enough, um, but more so like, what is it that, like when you think about your alignment journey right now, like what is one of the like m- more bigger aspects that you're focusing on? Yeah, well, first I'm honored to be here. 
You should be. No, I'm <laughs> um, I love how you like you you puffed it up. You're like, so we can process life. Like we don't do that all the all the time already. We off, absolutely do it all the time. It's only microphones, yeah. Regular conversation. Um, so yeah, my alignment journey. Um my alignment journey, I think, I think it's funny. It shows you like the type of people I surround myself with because I was asked some variation of the question of like, what is something you want to continue to do or to serve yourself in 2022? And I feel like it's very much um, related to what I would answer this question with is that right now I'm looking to continue to unlock deeper spaces and levels of peace within myself damn so you know I think this has been a long journey I think I really started this journey when I moved to New York City in 2017 yeah um and I just think I've become um someone who seeks to just slow things down I think my childhood and my early adulthood was very fast. It was very like, you know, we got to do this, you know, growing up without a lot of money and trying to like hustle and get shit done and and do things like it made life like really fast. And I think ever since um, college and, and grad school, I had that desire to slow things down, but I didn't really feel I didn't feel like I could slow things down until I moved to the city like five years ago. Um, The irony um, in itself being you want to slow things down in the fastest. (laughs) I think think the city was the catalyst because I think for so long I was fast and I got to the city and I was like, oh, you thought you were fast? Look around. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is too much. I got to, I got to like, if I, I love the city and I do and I want to be here forever, but um. I realized that like for me to be good here, I can't be as fast as the city. I need to like find my own pace. And so mm-hmm. um, for that alignment, it's, you know, for me to find new levels of peace and Zen and, and, you know, just calmness, I think it's a lot to do with my mental health. It's a lot to do with like um, finding self-compassion and giving myself grace when mistakes happen or, um learning to love myself I feel like learning to love myself has been at the top of the checklist for like 10 years now no. and that shit isn't hasn't gone anywhere because I still haven't learned how to do it so yeah and, and no matter how many books or many courses you'll find on it like literally nobody has the fucking formula for this shit like it's so goddamn personalized and then when people do think they have it they try to tell you how to do it and it's just does not relate it's to like, you at all exactly like, what the fuck is this? It's like, I'm glad that, like, being positive and kind worked for you. But, like, that's not realistic for a lot of people. Not solely realistic. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I keep that in my arsenal, you know, positivity. Uh, no, for sure. But, I know. I mean, like, that can't be, like. The end will be like, The people sure. that are, like, when you're, like, oh, I can't stop thinking about this. And the response is, like, well, don't think about it. Like, oh, thanks. Oh, yeah. All oh, done. Problem solved. Fantastic advice. Like, oh, super. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, I definitely feel it's always, I, I think it's weird, not weird, but I think it's interesting to try to find peace in a fast paced environment. 
Um, I think I'm also, I don't know if it's my main goal, but I know it's definitely something that I think a lot about is like, how can I simply just be, can I, how can I find flow, but also still allow myself to be around life often, which is part of why I was like, I'm, I'm definitely for the whole moving back to a city, even if it's not New York City, because yeah, I still have feelings. But to that point, I'm also like, it, it, it's okay to still seek um, that, what is the word I'm looking for? The, the stimulation that a city provides, but also still find yourself and trying to remain present in all of it. But that being said, we ain't even, we're, we're not even talking about that. And that's not even the focus of today's topic. Um, today, we are talking about two of our favorite shows. Um, one that just ended forever. And one that's not ending yet, but I don't, I hope it doesn't end like literally after the next season, because I would probably be distraught. Um, so we are talking um, HBO's Insecure and Apple TV's Ted Lasso. Like, I'm not going to give an entirety background on each of these shows, because I honestly do think that they speak for themselves at this point, the impact yeah, that they had. Are you a check for mentioning Apple TV at HBO, or did you just say that for fun? Oh, no, I just wanted people to know where they could find it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, but also, you know, I am setting myself up for the <laughs> Apple podcast of, like, you know, you know, I know that sponsorships are coming. That gave big sponsorship energy. That's why big sponsorship energy. But you know, that's how you have to. You just have to sound like on a podcast. Sometimes you also don't need to be saying their names because we're talking about TV shows. Obviously, Mm -hmm. people got to know where to find them. Um, Now, when we start talking about like food, okay, electronics. I mean, I did whatever. Nonetheless, we are talking insecure and Ted Lasso. Uh, I figure it would make sense to start with the show that actually just ended um, because there has been a lot of stories to wrap up. Um, So around Insecure, I think it's funny to talk about Insecure with you in particular because I know that you know how much I not only stand Issa Rae, but how, how emotionally invested I got with this show. Um, in particular, and within like the le- the first couple of seasons. So like season one and two was definitely a big thing. But season two, I feel like we had a moment. Like I feel like there was a moment in time where like myself and then like at the time when I was still living in upstate New York, which is also, how the fuck did we not even talk about like where we know each other from? Raphael and I used to work together back in the days, back when I used to still work in education. Um, That was our birthplace of our friendship. But outside of that, we, um, in regards to Insecure, there was a point in time where I was starting to host watch parties. And so in a pandemic, I know it's a little difficult, but like there was a time where those watch parties would get intense, especially like we got to the point of like Team Issa and Team Lawrence, like that was a moment in time. And I was, re- I remember watching the season finale, I mean, the series finale, but going back and like looking at the old like snap videos and there was a video of you in particular, you were talking about like, you were on like the Team Lawrence side or like, can't you just control yourself? And I can't even remember what you said before it, but- 
I just remember so much backlash, like, after that point. I'm just like, oh, this is all the things that I missed about, like, watching it with my friends, like, all the fucking time. There was so much hype in that room. Like, when I said, I think I did say something about, like, we were talking about Issa cheating on Lawrence with Daniel. Mm -hmm. And there was some sort of, like, person, there was someone on, on Team Issa that said something and I was responding to them. And I was like, my response was like, can't you just control yourself? And for some reason, like that alone doesn't sound crazy, but the room <laughs> went nuts when I nuts. said that. I and mean, I thought, that was we didn't have, have self-control yet, I guess, you know, we, different times. We didn't, we really didn't. And I think, um, you know, yeah, I love those watch parties. That was, that was a big reason why I started watching Insecure was because I missed season one. Mm-hmm. I've been season one before watching season two. And it was all because you were like, yo, come to my watch party. And I was like, I've never seen the show. And you were like, well, you need to fix that. And so I binged that shit on my own. And I came to that watch party ready. I was, I was ready, man. Oh my that, God. I was ready. Just so wild. Cause I was definitely, you were definitely binge watching season one right up until that point too. So yeah, we watched it. We binged the whole first season before the second season dropped. Yeah, I was there. Mm-hmm. I was there for the second half of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, there's just so much that I think about around that time. But I, I say all that because I know that a lot of um, one of the bigger themes of the show in particular is around friendship. You know, the friendship between Issa and Molly, they always describe as like the true love story. And there's nothing that I like when I think about love a lot, in particular, the relationships that I hold, like I hold my friends and like very high places because honestly, I really am more of like a people will a nigga or 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 a person that I date. They will come and go and they have they absolutely have. Um, But my friends. I love them. And I always say I love my friends more than I love other people. And I truly mean that because these are the people that you get to choose, that you get to grow with, that you get to be vulnerable with, that might take up a little bit more of your shit or might also call you out on your shit. Like literally all of that happens. But I also really appreciated seeing the full scope of the relationship between Issa and Molly and the way their friendship has transformed, especially um, towards the later seasons where you're really starting to like experience cracks in um, some of the breakdowns in communication or where people are at or like how support and how energy is working. So I think a lot about um, friendships in particular with Issa and Molly, but I know there's like other friendships that um, came out of that show that are really like, important to still note right so yeah before I keep talking to myself what were you gonna say about Issa and Molly's friendship um Mm -hmm. I mean listen I was Mm -hmm. first on the fuck Molly train yeah um really up until the last season I was just I'm I was captain of the Molly ain't shit like cruise all of it like I was not about Molly um I thought she was just really rigid in her thoughts um and uh judgmental and not uh forgiving and 
just kind of, I feel like Molly really represented a lot of our like most toxic traits as late 20 something year olds mm. in this world. And I think that's one reason why I think a lot of us didn't like her was because she like mirrored some of our yeah. worst qualities, you know? And so um, I really struggled with Molly, but I did always enjoy their friendship, like Malibu. Didn't we come up with something like Malibu? What do we call it? Did we say something like that? There was something. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How much we used it. I did love that. I love that they had that bond that kind of just like superseded everything, all the bullshit, all the drama. And as much as I did not like Molly, I was still not happy that, you know, their friendship was fracturing before this past season. And I, and I really, I didn't like that. I was like, no, I want them to be, like, that's one of the best parts of the show is their bond. And it was deteriorating before our eyes. And it took so fucking long for this last season to come out that it's like, we thought that for so long. Um, but no, I love their friendship. And mm. I think I, I would echo what you said of like my friendships. Um, I don't, I, to the, I don't really call even friendships a lot nowadays. I call it my chosen yeah. family. Mm-hmm. I, I call you my sister. Like I, exactly. I, these are closer than friendships. Like they are, bonds that will never go for the rest of my life and um you know I love my like blood my biological family too but Mm -hmm. you know I my chosen family is right up there like I would do just like I would do anything for my 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 blood family I would do anything for my chosen family so yeah no I totally love that I mean I also feel that in in very much ways granted I would the only thing I know I differ on is like the friendships that I hold paramount, I hold paramount because like of the level of space that I get to experience being my true self in them. But at the same time, there's also friends that I have that exist in different spheres. Like, you know, everybody has their set of friends that like you might see um, when you go back and visit college, like um, they did in the last season or the people that you go out and turn up with or the people that you only see at work. Like, so there's also those dynamics that they also did a good job of like kind of demonstrating how they might look in certain cases. Like, yeah, there's some certain people, you might not have them in the group chat, but you'll see them outside and like, it is what it is. Um, and I think those are friendships. You know, right. They're, they're, not everybody's going to gel with everybody. Um, I was actually just talking about this last week. Uh, I was getting drinks with some friends and I said, I don't know why I was brought up, but I was like, my dream to this day is still to like bring all of my best friends together and create a super best friend group. Yes. But one, it's super unrealistic. Yeah. And two, it wouldn't work. Cause like, if you go in with that mentality, it's just doomed to fail. Like you got to let shit rock and like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is Corinne. Uh, this is X. Like what's up? Like, you know, and then you just let it, you let it blossom. How it's going to blossom. You can't like, you can't try to make it happen. Is what yeah. I, I, I think I'm experienced. I feel like you, it's even more true. The older we get, right. Like I just sit, sat here and moved to a whole new city. I only know two people I only know two people right and again there's the two people that I have not seen in a while or like the the way that our friendship existed 
has not been like the people that I literally saw every day or the people that have been close to me from a long time. So like also just understanding how these French like friendships also shift because of where we're at, which is also an important thing to look at. Um, I think it's easier to kind of nurture those relationships when you are in proximity, I'm, in my opinion. But I also know that you will also do the nourishing and the like loving on the person and you believe it's truly worth it, right? Like I have not seen you in three months. And before that, since early pandemic, yeah, you know? Yeah. So like, I mean, I think it's still the nature of like, you know, being able to effectively communicate, being willing to show up for the ways that you can to celebrate the person or to um, help when needed. Like those are all the things that did come up, but I would talk about those friendships all day. Yeah, um, I was going to say one last thing about friendship. Yeah, what's it? Um, my most successful bringing friends together moment was with you when you visited mm. us, and I introduced you to the whole friend group, and oh my gosh, that yeah. was like, because I didn't do shit. I was just like, this is Corinne, this is the people, and it, like, it really came to head at Autumn's, at, at when when you did the karaoke, and you crushed <laughs> Because they love karaoke and they were like, oh, Corinne's about this life. Like, Corinne's dope. Yeah. Now, every time I've seen them since, they've brought you up in some manner of like, how are you doing? Like, yes, they are. They love you. I truly love that. I know I can't do that with every, I I recognize I cannot do that with all of my friends. Of course, no one can. I mean, no one really can, but like, when you know you can't, like, you really got to be mindful. So that's what I'm like. My, the super group, I, I think that might have been a pipe dream maybe four or five years ago. Now I'm just like, I, I got friends in different places. Yeah. I would love to see them all together. But if I see them in different pockets, it's fine. Um, and that's just more so the way life itself shifts. Um, another big thing that came, like, another big theme that came out of Insecure in particular Um I mean, we really could talk up and down about like the relationships within Insecure. Like, again, I am forever Team Issa, you know? I did have a lot to like make peace with though in that last season. I will admit (laughs) to, I will admit to two things. One, I am forever, forever Team Daniel. And so I I, I will leave- why are we both Team Daniel, though, Corinne? Let the people well, know. Okay, no. See, I was Team Daniel before that. We were, but, like, it it, it, it really firmed it up for us. It really did firm it up. What This, oh, God, this was, this was around season, no, this was after season two. This is after this season is two. Like, or I during season like two. Mid-2018. The, the watch parties already happened, because I told them about it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah they definitely are. I already moved to New York. Exactly. You already moved. All right. So visiting me. So boom. A night we, I went to go visit Raphael in New York city. We went to this bar. Can't even remember what you, if you remember it, something like tropical, something tropic. Yes. I put it in like the location on my Instagram post. Okay. So I had to go back and look at that because I literally do not remember, but yes, we went out that night and literally on the other side of the like club bar, whatever the hell it is, was Elon Noel. And I the literally best, the best part was this man walked in. First of all, walked in like a normal person. Like you don't know normal shit. 
Come on. He walks in and I see him because you were facing me. Yes. You had your back to the door. Mm-hmm. And so I see him and I'm, it dawns on me and all I, I don't change my facial expression. I don't get excited. All I do is very calmly, but quickly say, oh my God, that's Daniel. Oh my God, that's Daniel. Oh my God, that's Daniel. And you've turned around and you, you did not hide your face. I was the word. I, I, I recognize I'm a fangirler in, oh. in a respectful manner. Like, I don't think I'm a, I'm a run up. I'm not a run upper. I all oh, like, and as a matter of fact, this night proved how much I did to, not run up. Yeah, I didn't you have, have to. to run up because you shouted up. Do you remember what you 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 yelled at this man? You said, I didn't yell at him. Yes, you did. You yelled at him from across the bar. You were like, I don't know if you said his real name or if you even says him. I think you just said, I, I love you. You yelled out, I love you, and this man looked up, made eye contact with you, smiled at you. And then like 10 minutes later, walks over to our table and just shoots the shit with us for like 15 minutes. It was and we took photos with him. It was great. It was so great. So <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to forgive me, people, but I am forever biased. And not to mention, I also really did love Daniel's character. Sure, he had an ego Wonder thing right. by the time like he rotated off, but like I also was like, yo, if Issa and Daniel wanted to give it another try, like I'm with that. Um, but the relationships in Insecure um, was definitely a big one, right? We were able to see like people come and go, people got married, people broke up, had break babies, returned. You know, there's a lot of things that um, ultimately um, came up around the relationships. But I also think in relation to like being on one's alignment journey is like really making decisions that um, make sense for who you are and what you want. Um, and I know that was another big um, theme in season five that came up a lot, which I didn't at the time agree with. I think somebody, I think it was Tiffany has said something like, you don't have to make a decision that's right. You just have to make the decision that feels right for you. And I'm like, I mean, I guess, but like also sometimes it's, that could be a messy ass decision, you know? Well, of course. I mean, we're dumb. We're humans. Like we're very, mm-hmm. we're not that bright a lot of the time. And I, I think the biggest part of that is not just making the decision that's right for you, but making the decision that's right for you in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, we're human. So we can change our minds. We grow, we learn, we change, we reflect, we understand. And, yeah. you know, when, when it comes to it, like we might make a decision two weeks ago and today we're like, nah, I'm good. What the fuck was I thinking? And we change our mind and we can do that. We're allowed to do that. Like, we are allowed that's to okay. do that. Yeah. yeah, very much you're allowed to do that. And I, and I also think because of the way that ultimately panned out, seeing like Issa and Lawrence at the end was a little bit more like, OK, I can I, I can make peace with this because you, you've seen how back and forth that dynamic was um, within that last season where they're like, you know what, the timing wasn't right. Or like, you know what, I'm not focused on trying to get back with you. Or I just feel like I need to. Like the decision to like stay separated was the right decision. And, you know, sometimes decisions change and sometimes they look really nice when they do. So that was, I know that was something I had to make peace with, but where were you at when they ultimately? So I, I mean, listen, when we talk about insecure and we talk about relationships, you got to talk about the big three. We got mm-hmm. Daniel, Nathan, and Lawrence. 
Mm-hmm. And Daniel's been out of the picture for a while. We're always mm-hmm. Daniel. Much love. I did not like Nathan going into the last season. And I already told you this, and I know you disagree, but I didn't like Nathan going into the last season. And I thought um, that I didn't like him because I didn't like them together. It's not that I didn't like mm. him, that I don't think. I don't think the show made me love Nathan until the last season when you really got to see like, yes, they gave him, you know, issues with mental health, like, but that wasn't enough depth. Like that didn't give me enough to like, be like, okay, I ride with Nathan. And by the end of the season, I was honestly like, I don't know who I want her to end up with. I could be, I would be totally fine if she ended up with Nathan and I would be fine if she ended up with Lawrence. I think the biggest thing for me with Lawrence was that like, it's that damn same storyline. Like Ross and Rachel ended up together. Like, I know I hate to quote friends, friends is garbage, but (laughs) that's just an example of like so many shows have done that where they get together in the beginning, they break up, they maybe have a a rekindle, a fling, they see if it works, they break up again, and then they end up together at the end. And that's exactly what they did here. I think the powerful thing about it is that they did it in their own way. Yes. And they did, yes. you know, like Issa cheated on Lawrence. That's usually not how it goes. It's always the man cheating, right? Mm-hmm. And then Lawrence had a glow up, which is also not usually how it goes. Usually it's the woman who gets cheated on and gets the glow up in these shows. Like that's usually the stereotypical storyline. So they, they kind of flipped it. Um, and I think that was really cool. Um, but they also like you know, and she said it best in the wind down after the episode. She was like, I feel like there was that there was that fantasy at the end of season one where they had they got married, they had kids together and all this stuff. And it's like they still kind of did that, but different. Like, OK, the kid that's in this picture now isn't Issa's biological kid. But, you know, you can still find love and exactly through all of that. And like, that's real. Like not everything's tied up with a little nice neat bow on the top. Like and that was what and part of that whole little scene in the end too was like I'm willing to find out. Like after making a decision like this, I'm willing to see the impact and the effects of the decision that I made with you. Right. That that piece right there is literally so important. Um the biggest mm -hmm. most powerful piece is that yeah, we've seen it a lot, but like was it black people? No. Mm-hmm. Like we finally got a show after a long time that shows black stories and black experiences in ways that can flip it on its head, but can also be similar to other stories, but exactly. within a different culture. Like that's okay. Yeah. Too. So yeah, um, I think there's a level of appreciation um that. I think about what this show is like, you know, being able to pinpoint the different paths and journeys that we all take um, through late adulthood, well, I'll say late 20 adulthood, early 30 adulthood, right? You know, switching jobs, right? Like reassessing um, relationships, reassessing what you want to do with your life, right? That other piece with like Kelly and like making a lot of decisions in her life too was also like another big thing that I appreciated they do it did in season five I would argue they should have did it earlier however nonetheless but you know that's also because that scene where she was like I'm not a fucking joke 
Exactly. Oh, that was so, that was so great. My gosh, like so much growing up had to happen. And I think being able to see yourself in it is really important, which is why I never, like, I, I, I will speak so good about this show forever. Like, damn the, the dialogue that it created online and I was participating in it. And I think it's okay for stories to be told and to be able to identify or to at least have a story line presented in front of you that allows you to reflect, that allows you to really think about like, oh, like, well, I mean, I probably wouldn't have done that. Or like, oh, I definitely did that. You know, like being able to adjust and see um, how much your life changed is really like, that's been an impactful moment. And I also, that's also why I really like rewatching the show before like a new season started. Cause like after every single season and getting ready for the new one to come up, I'm like, oh, I remember where I was in life when season two happened. Or I remember where I was in life when season four happened. Like it just, it's something about it that just hits a little bit different. I, that's, that's a big, um, Thing that I really loved about the last season and you and I we talked about how like you know I don't fuck with social media but you were all over the Twitterverse and they were like mm-hmm. I'm really feeling the last season as much as we were um but I know I, it's so I weird don't you grow up but anyway go ahead that's that's what I think it is is like I think we were at I think especially our age group and it's not the same story for everybody but like mm-hmm. as you're entering your 30s and you're leaving your 20s there is like a lot of reflecting and learning and kind of uh, coming to terms and peace with who you are. And mm. um, I think the show, especially to people our age in our age range, like it really reflected our own journey. Like we really resonated with the early seasons and the messiness and the ancient guys, ancient, like all that. And I think, you know, this last season was a lot of growing up and, and like becoming firm in who you are and um, loving yourself. And, and, and I think that was beautiful, man. I, I, and it might be because of where I'm in, in my own journey and my mm-hmm. own life and how much it like, it kind of made me feel um, seen. Like it was just, it was so important um and and I love how they broke it I I love those wind downs at the end of each episode I love how they broke it down of like yeah like you don't have to know everything you know like there is that pressure there's and social media perpetuates it a lot that comparing yourself to other people in their stages of life like there's that pressure to have all your shit together have the job have the relationship have the stability all these things at a certain time and insecure really showed us that like you can love yourself, love others, have a joyous life and not have anything figured out and be insecure and be mm-hmm. confident mm-hmm. about your shit. And so, um, yeah, I love that last season. I love how much it showed people growing up. And I was saying how much I hated Molly. Like Molly was by far my favorite character, favorite character the it entire season. Phenomenal. She was like the growth that she showed in that last season, I loved even that first episode, how they didn't make it a big thing. Mm-hmm. Having Molly and Issa like squash the beef, like not everything needs to be a shouting match. This big, like 
No, they've been in each other's lives for long enough to know that they were both being shitty and they don't want to be shitty anymore. And they yeah. squashed it and they moved on. That level, great. her level of vulnerability um, in this season is really, I think, part of some of that like growing up is like not to sit here and say that as you grow up you always have to explain yourself but like you just become way more self-aware and you're not about to like enter situations that make you feel like you need to shrink or that you're gonna you're gonna feel worried like you have to hide parts of yourself like there's just no need to do that and I think that's something that we were able to see with Molly in particular which again I love a good redemption um arc and you know I, I really am glad that like with this redemption arc that we also got to see molly being happy um you know like that she did find her person and that her relationship and her friendship with isa was even stronger um through all of that but she was also like you know she also went through some adult shit too don't get me started you know she literally fucking lost her her mom and even still having to navigate like the the foreshadowing of like preparing for that um, point in time as like young mid mid I don't re- whatever late twenty early thirty adults like that I will talk about that on another episode but like I know that was like probably one of my favorite things to witness um, at a point was just really being able to see that even in the small amount that they were, um, that they gave us. Cause I really feel like they should have gave more, but I, I know I'm thinking selfishly on that one, but like the process of growing up does involve a lot of emoting, whether it's internal or external. And also, you know, just people you gotta let go of, there's situations you let go of. Um, and there's also things that get invited in. They're gonna be there for a long period of time. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful last season. It was a beautiful way to end the show. Beautiful show. Um, I loved, um, and I acknowledge like some of the criticism that you said that you read of like heteronormative structures within all of the people in the friend group. Like I get, mm-hmm. and that is that's facts. Like that is true. There wasn't a lot of other representation there in terms of sexuality um, and gender, but I <laughs> think. You know, I still think it was a beautiful ending and a beautiful cap to a lot of the characters. And um, yeah, I loved Molly finally getting married and and Issa, you know, being like, okay, I'm not so I would I didn't think I was supposed to be with a man who already had a child, but like, who gives a fuck? Like, who? What does that matter? Like, you you don't have to follow these these perfect expectations that you set for yourself at 21 years old because most of them aren't realistic and outdated as fuck yes so i love that she kind of moved past that within herself it was like i love this man and i can learn to love his kid and we can still have a life together and that's even after she threw the kid away what we're not going to forget that Issa definitely said fuck them kids with baby oh. Eliza. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, there's some growth that had to happen there. Um, but yes, I, again, we could talk about this all day, but I really just think a lot about um, just the, that show in particular and how much impact it's had. Um, but switching gears, we're going to talk about Ted Lasso because 
this show still has time to like have an impact and honestly i will say i'll start off by saying it's taken me a while to get hip and on it Raphael tried to recommend it to me must have been a year ago and the only reason i say that is because it had to be because i didn't have i just got until august yeah, but I just got Apple TV in the year. I literally today, my I had to start paying for the subscription. So I did start within the year. I just don't know when I like around what time. But I also literally just finished watching season two. So still fresh on my mind. Um, but yes, this yeah, show. I, I saw, I mean, I've always been a fan of Jason Sudeikis. Like, you know, he's a funny guy and I liked him on SNL and I'm in a few movies here and there. Um, but for those who don't know, it's the show is based off of, I don't know if you know this, I feel like I told you this, but it's based yeah. off of his this commercial he did like nine years ago as Ted Lasso. And um, like Beard was even in uh, the commercial and and they like, they did two years of it and it was to promote like, um football like european not not american football um and football and um yeah and they just like they took the idea and they ran with it and i had seen it all over apple tv because i have an apple tv and i you know they were promoting it a lot but i didn't i had so many people telling me to watch it and i already knew i wanted to watch it before i even people had told me but i didn't finally start until like late summer and oh my gosh I, I I started watching it and I got live like four episodes into season two that was when I caught up mm-hmm. after episode four of season two and I mean I I, I love this show I, it's it's so and I think you know kind of like the last season of Insecure how it kind of hit me in a period of my life where I really resonated with me of like growing up and coming to terms with yourself and things like that. For me, like Ted Lasso, like it hit me in a dark period. Like it hit me in a time where like I was struggling with my mental health and Ted Lasso, like Ted Lasso shows you this world where like, what if you just had really healthy communication styles and connections with people and like you were considerate and you were um, you know, I, I just being thoughtful and, and understanding and less judgmental. And mm-hmm. it shows you this like way of like, I just wish, I wish I interacted with everyone in my life, the way so many of these characters interact with each other in loving and healthy ways. And even if they don't love each other, like when they're getting to know each other, so much of those interactions are are just so well put together and really well thought out um but yeah so i've been i i was i was really been telling you heavy since like august to watch the show and you finally watched it yeah i finally watched it and i definitely had to get through season one i think i don't know something about the season one in most shows just slow start um but like it definitely started to pick pick up when i realized like okay people's lives are about to, they're shifting, relationships are shifting. Um, Ted himself is like starting to, you know, be like, what's the word? 
like you know just a, a, he's developing more of a sense of belonging but even yeah. as he developed this belonging he's starting to also let go of like things that he was attached to right so like that first that set the, the half of the arc of season one is like okay he's his family is not no longer like present or is going to be as present right he's going to go through a divorce He's now going to like experience his child, um, but also like still thinking and processing like that this attachment um, to having an entire family is just no longer going to be part of his life. But then also all these other things that ultimately came out in season two to like really think about how does he process um, not just grief, but like the people in his life that isn't necessarily doing all too hot. You know, that was the one thing about, I think that's the reason I had a couple of days ago, I said, like, I think I'm still in the season one, like, feel for Ted Lasso, like, as in, like, as the cat, like, if I experienced the character Ted today, I might act like one of the team like members. <laughs> I might, I might be a, a, yeah, maybe like a light Jamie Tart, like, ah. I mean, I ain't about to just like entirely disrespect you, but like you, you're doing a lot right now, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not entirely feeling that yet. I agree with you. Um, I remember watching because I binged season one, mm-hmm. and I remember wa- going through it. And the moment I knew I liked the show, I was like, after that, I really liked the show. Like it was a really good show. Was the practice scene. And I told you about it. And I know yeah. you, didn't, you didn't pick up on it, but I, um, uncultured. <laughs> the, the, the scene where he almost verbatim like regurgitates Allen Iverson's practice, famous practice press conference, but like he does it in a completely different way. Like AI was talking about how, um, if, and I, I don't remember the exact show, but I think he lost someone close to him. Mm-hmm. And there, I think he might have missed a practice and like reporters kept asking him about it. And he was just like, yo, we're talking about practice. Like we're talking about practice, not the game, not the game, not the thing that we go out and, <laughs> and cry and bleed and sweat for, like not the game, we're talking about practice. And the way that they flipped that on Ted, like really just like getting to Jamie finally and 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 showing the whole team what this team is going to be about that was when i was like oh this show is fucking good and and but it didn't it it took me until honestly the end of season one yeah for me to finally say that i actually loved the character of ted because exactly what you just said of like if you saw him in real life you'd be like you're doing too much i the entire season and maybe this kind of shows our generation millennials and how distrusting we are and how we're like oh you seem cool but like are you really cool or you're because you're most likely you're not shit Mm -hmm. and I feel like for me the entirety of season one was me waiting for the other shoe to drop for Ted and there look at that look at that shit because now I'm like okay season two you realize like this full spectrum of Ted and sure like maybe he's not intentionally masking but like thinking about all the masking that he was doing um to be able to show up as a coach to show up like and say like I'm ready to do this um regardless of like where the owner was at you know like that was just 
that was something that I did need to see to like be able to more appreciate Ted. Um, and also, I think it was still helpful to see like, sure, maybe it was an exaggerated like perspective of like how people engage with um, facing and wanting to focus on healing um, in regards to their mental health. But like, you know, there is a lot of resistance in doing this work, you know, sometimes it's not going to be so cut and dry. And sure, it, may, it might not happen like they'll have um, an on-site therapist that you could just easily like go to at two o'clock or whatever. Such a good character, by the way, I loved, I loved her. Loved her. Um, loved her. No, but loved like, yeah, and I think, I think, um, yeah, it just took me a while to really like believe that Ted is the person that he's showing himself to be. Because like even you saying. Like he was definitely putting on a show at a certain points because of the struggle with his family. But for me, it was deeper than that. I was like, mm-hmm. he left the family because he did something wrong. Like he is a problem. And mm-hmm. I, was wait- I just kept waiting for something to reveal that like Ted isn't as dope as he seems. And that never yeah. happened. He was, he is every bit as dope as he seems. And really what they showed was that he can't always be this positive you know force of energy and i think that's okay because i think there's a lot of people in our lives that like are that person they're they're the person that's always on always happy always good but then like behind closed doors they're like not like that and i think you know they really showed that a lot and even saying just now like how the show kind of shows you how you wish people would react and, and engage with each other when the entire, like when Rebecca, the whole ownership, Higgins and the players and the coaches, when they all found out that he left because of his panic attack, like they checked in with him. They exactly. texted him affirming things. They were like, we love you. We support you. We're behind you. The only person who didn't was fucking Nate, but we can speak. We, you know, we got, we got to talk about Nate. I just don't want to. I'm just still like. But, but, I, but I think that reaction everybody had was, you know, the best way I described this show to people was that it's beautiful. It is. I think it's a beautiful show filled with um, hope. Like it's about yeah. hope in, in, yeah. in your connections with people, in finding love, in not finding love, in life after love. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful, beautiful way to show the world. And I think it's just like you don't have to fucking like sports to watch the show at all. At all. You're very right. I mean, I, I like sports, but you don't you don't have to like overly follow sports to like this show. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I would say because I like see socks football memes, I'm okay. I could appreciate like things like having a standard club that you go in with your like uniforms your uniforms your freaking shirts on to enjoy the time um with the local bartender but like i, I think those are some of my favorite scenes because i'm just like okay it reminds me of like you know community in general like community in general not necessarily the show community but like just those components um in particular um another thing that i have again um i also noted in this show is also redemption arcs and an unredemption what is the opposite of redemption? Collapse. Damn. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not collapse. Like you're talking about Nate. 
Right. I'm talking about Nate, but I'm also thinking about Jamie. Well, to no, some Jamie degree. was redemption. Yeah, Jamie was redemption, but like Nate was like the opposite. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. What is the opposite of redemption? I'm gonna find the antonym. Oh, that is a like, terrible. It's almost like redemption is kind of like finding yourself. Mm. And Nate lost himself. Yeah. Like desecration i like that word desecration desecration wow the desecration of nate um because we could i just i guess so like i I i'm still thinking about that character because i also as much as i am literally fuck nate i'm on the fuck nate train i am pressing the buttons on the subway and making sure it stops at all the stops i also appreciate how like how do I word it I appreciate the authentic way that Ted Lasso portrayed Nate's like true like shift towards you know not necessarily understanding his worth towards understanding his worth so much that he started to devalue the like relationships around him and so like that whole value the sense of value that one has to themselves is really important but also understanding like your value is still determined by like how you treat other people or how do you like ultimately lean on people for support or like how do they contribute to your journey as well um, and I think that's like what made it even more sad to like see that shift, um, you know, called like getting the ego stroked a little bit too hard. Um, but even thinking about like that um, last episode, um, I believe it was the last episode um, where he was promoted. I'm just like, how do we how did we lose it? Like, how did we lose it? Promoted? He fucking joined uh, the enemy. Oh, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about season one when he got promoted oh, to assistant yeah, coach. Like yeah. we went from assistant coach and like, you know, people rooting for you to make it to this space. And now you're just so like, oh, I deserve to be here. You don't deserve to be here. Fuck you, Ted, blah, blah, blah. And now you're this gray haired villain. It's just like, oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say respectfully, respectfully, I disagree with you. Mm hmm. I don't, I don't think it's fuck Nate. And I don't think Nate's a villain. I think truly there's only been one villain on the show and that's Rebecca's ex-husband. Oh yeah, fuck that man. He's the worst. I think for me, there's been three other, you know, variations of the bad guy. Season one was Jamie and Rebecca. Mm-hmm. He was the prick that then they won over, then they sent him off. Rebecca was trying to make the team lose. Let's have a tour. Jamie had already had some redemption in season one. And Rebecca had major redemption at the end of season one when um, Keely found out and was like, you got to tell Ted, you have to own up. You have to, you know, um, you know, be honest. And mm -hmm. season two was a little bit of Jamie again when he came back and he was trying to do redemption. But even then season two, you don't really hate Jamie. It's more of the team hates Jamie. The audience yeah. doesn't. Um, and it's Nate. And I think the beautiful thing that Ted Lasso does to the show, not the character, is 
Um, like with Jamie, they showed a lot of how he got to that place of toxicity by yeah. showing his father and his mm-hmm. father. And that was really a big um, like cliffhanger at the end of season one when after they lost to Man United, Man- Manchester United uh, or Manchester City, um, that Ted sees him in yes. that training room getting yelled at by his dad. And he's like, oh shit. And then it comes even more to head in season two when Sam was like, yo, fuck this. Why are we bringing back Jamie, blah, blah, blah. And Ted was like, well, we're not. And then Sam mentioned his father and Ted was like, I have to think about that. Like they don't like Jamie because Jamie has been morphed into this person based off of the toxicity of his dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Ted understood that and he brought him up. That was a very mature thing for him to do, which wasn't surprising because that's very Ted Lasso. Very Ted Lasso. Um, and then with Nate, like, and well, let me ju- not jump the gun. Rebecca also showed like her redemption was really cat- the catapulted by the dinner that they had in season one where her ex-husband um, comes and like, like is an asshole. Like yeah. an asshole in front of Ted and all these people. So like, it shows you that, okay, so Rebecca's not just like this shitty person who wants to kill a team. There's real trauma there. There's real like pain between her relationship with her and her ex-husband. And it's clear that she's like slowly realizing that this idea of hers is misguided. Yeah. And it's not going to get her towards the like healing. It's not. And and, and then with Nate, like as much as you're like, fuck Nate, this is why I disagree with you is you're like, fuck Nate, he's a villain. I don't think it's fuck Nate. I don't think he's a villain. I think you saw at the beginning of season one, uh, a shell of Nate. Like this, this mm. that he puts on so that he can protect himself. I hear it. When the team is bullying him, when Jamie's bullying him, that's when true all the too. Are bullying him, and then finally, for what seems like the first time in his entire life, somebody shows him kindness and love, and that's Ted and Beard. And I think for Nate, having never experienced that, he doesn't. I don't think he could grasp that. Like that love doesn't have to be on 10 all the time for it to be there. And I think that's what kind of morphs into season two is like, he had this love, he had this shine. And now like, he's just a regular member of the team. He's not this person that's like, you know. You're not an underdog he's anymore. Like, yeah. He's not the wonder kid. Like he's wonder said, kid. Instead of the wonder, wonder kid. kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think like, it's so clear to me that they're going to have his own redemption arc. Like he's going to have a redemption arc where he comes to his senses. He realizes that he has, you know, not really been working things out. Like there's a lot of things he has to work through. Um, I just hope it doesn't happen from like a place where he's like completely relegated, you know, like, because I think that's, it's like, I think it's fuck me because I mean, it's still fuck me for me. Cause I'm just like the fucking, the fact that I was rooting and I really believed in, um, the journey that it really took to find your voice and to find your like assertion like that in itself for somebody who had not been in an environment that like championed that is really difficult. Um, and I think that, but that's also why I'm like, ah, oh, like you do it, but you do it to the point where like, now you're losing people. Right. Like why you had to go back and, 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 you know, cuss out the fucking water person, the water person again, like he didn't have to do all that. 
He didn't have to do all that. That was me. Um, but I do. It's that that great quote from The Office. Hurt people, hurt people. Oh, and my you, man's was hurt. The office said that. My mom said that. Mom said the stripper on The Office said that. Um, but so many people in my life heard, said that at first. Oh, I mean, of course, no, the office didn't yeah. create it, but <laughs> I think of when I think of that quote as the office. Um, yeah, I mean, he's hurt and like he was bullied, he wasn't treated well, so he goes and does that to the same person instead yeah. of taking a step back and be like, You didn't like you could disrupt the cycle, yeah, of course, so, you know, but he's gonna realize that he's going to, he better because. I'm going to tell you right now, that gray hair is a symbol for something. My man pulled a Barack Obama. He went gray in a matter of two weeks. Like, what happened? What happened? Like, how did this happen? I'm confused. I'm confused. So confused. Um, I really, I, I really appreciate um, what this show is so far. I also, um, I want more. I, I I think that's also why I'm like excited for it because I think the journey of like seeing how making big life decisions and big shifts into um territories that you haven't been in before is another um big theme with Ted Lasso altogether. And I think every season so far it has shown that. Like I'm excited for like Keely, you know, going out on her own. Um, what do you call it? Roy's gonna have his, you know, I don't know, maybe he'll experience life by himself. Um they're both yeah. it's, it's I hmm. feel like those two might be my favorite characters, and I would never have guessed that after a few episodes. Yeah. Like they really sneak up on you. Keely's fucking dope. And Roy, Roy is the most mentally healthy, grumpy person I've ever seen portrayed on TV. <laughs> Like he is a walking Oscar the Grouch, but is like super thoughtful, like really um, understanding, patient, uh, just has a great perspective on a lot of things. I, I love both of those characters. I think I like they're breaking them up though. That's bullshit. I mean, no, we didn't say that. We we it didn't say that. They didn't say that. This is just a whatever. We don't know that. We don't know that. I mean, it might. It's looking like it, but we don't know it until it happens. And you know how these things go. They break up. They get back together. Blah, 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 and I then know. the other they're thing. Definitely, that's definitely going to be the Issa Lawrence of this show. They're going to break up and then they're going to they're going to get back together for sure. We'll see. We shall see how this goes. I thought, you know, I'm not going to lie. I thought they were going to give us the 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 Rebecca Ted story. I mean, I still. I'm I, really I, glad they didn't. I was I was I thought they were too, and every time I thought it, I was like, please don't fucking put them together. Please don't do it. We don't need them together. We don't. We really don't. Like I want Ted to find his own journey. I don't like Rebecca and Sam though. And I feel yeah. like they're setting it up. Don't for, give me to them to end up together too, honestly. I think that's how they're setting it up. What? I think they're setting it up for Sam and Rebecca to get up together. Like to get up. back? Yeah. That's why they broke up. It's another Issa Lawrence. 
I am not shipping that. If that's some long-term shit, I don't want it because I don't, I don't want it. That. I don't think we need it. It's unnecessary. It's but, probably the only storyline that I don't like in the show. And I, I like know, Sam. I feel like Sam just needs to be his own person. I, I, I like them separately. I do like Rebecca yes. a lot, actually. Yes. But I don't need them together. I just no. don't. It's too murky for me. You, I was the one who told you that she was the shame person from Game of Thrones, right? Shame indeed. Isn't that shame. wild? Yo. Like, yo, she is gorgeous. You would never have thought that from Game of Thrones, but she okay. is a beautiful woman. Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Wait, so. Shame. Question for you. Yeah. Who's your favorite character? Is it Beard? Is it Beard? Oh, it's definitely Beard. It's definitely Beard. It's by far Beard. Why? Because I like I like Mia. I like Mia. It's the strong and silent for me, but you know what? It still has a level of like toxicity that you know I could still like follow along. A level, my man, walking toxic. Like he's on his own. His beard's on his own journey, like the rest of us. Okay, (laughs) we're gonna. He's gonna come to a moment where he chooses himself where he allows himself to, you know, not get caught up in trying to sneak into speakeasies and shit. Like, everybody's going to have to get there. He crushed that. That, that was, was fire. Yeah, they really, they really finessed that. That was so fun. That uh, Favorite episode also still. still. Favorite episode is the beard episode? Definitely. Oh, wow. Definitely. Oh, that's definitely, definitely. not so I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. My second favorite, though, was the... Um, Season two's first episode. What was like the big thing there? All I can remember is Danny the dog. Oh, that's your favorite episode? Oh my goodness! I don't not I don't like it for that, but like I just liked how it started. Like, damn, that still sounds bad. I like being introduced to all the new characters and the way that it started to prepare us for that shift. But yes, that was one of my favorite episodes. Um, but yes, ah, oh, just. I would say my I have two favorite episodes from each season. Mm. The first season, my two favorite episodes are definitely um, the practice episode. Mm-hmm. And then the episode where he plays darts against her ex-husband and beats him and like, you know, he, and he was like, I believe they're called, it's called white knighting it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> I thought that was so funny because he was trying to stick up for Rebecca. Yeah. It's just so clearly driven by trauma with her ex-husband. And, and that was a really sweet thing to do. And then season two were episodes 10 and 11. I mean, for sure. The funeral episode with Rebecca's uh, death. That's my, I, I like that. And, my and the, the 11th episode where, where the therapist, Dr. Sharon leaves. Oh my, I cried like a fucking baby during those episodes. What did you? Such, such powerful episodes. Um, the, the, I, cried, I cried joy in episode 11 and I cried sadness in episode 10. And yeah. it, both for just incredible reasons. Y'all got to watch the show. It's definitely oh watch the, both of the shows. Watch Ted Lasso. Um, yeah. Just get caught up before season three comes back. But you know you can watch Insecure so long as they don't take it off. HBO. I mean, Insecure is like the best option to watch. So Ted Lasso, watch it, then you're going to torture yourself until the next season comes out. 
insecure it's done like you, you can know watch, you can rewatch it re over it i, I need but, a break personally i'm like i don't need to watch i don't need to watch it right now because i mean but you how many times have you watched it a i lot. mean appropriate amounts but not <laughs> not as much as you think because no no because i really want to be able to like i want to be able to live in it and i feel like Certain shows like that, like I feel like a show like that, I need to like let it simmer, um, because yeah. I got to experience it in real time. Like the only other show that it kind of reminds me of that's you know similar in scope is like Living Single, and I never watched Living Single live. I got to watch it and binge watch it, so I was like, okay, well, I had all these emotions watching in real time, so I kind of need to give myself space to like experience insecure again, like. From an organic space. So to be honest, I'm gonna watch it again, maybe till the end of the year, or unless unless wow. something else comes up. I, I I'm I'm kind of feeling like that. Not to mention, you know, Issa got other stuff coming up. So I'm also trying to like mentally prepare myself for those things. You know. Are you still uh, scared that she'll do something that will make you not like her again anymore? No, no, no. I'm glad. No. I feel like the last time we spoke about it, you were in a better place about it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely in the, I, I'm in a place, you know, I, I, I love her. And I also feel no. like, you know, she really be business first in most cases. Like, you know, she still talks about her marriage, her wedding, like a photo shoot. So like, I, I, I all I could do is stand at this point. So yeah. there is that, but um, we should start wrapping up the conversation. But before we do that, I typically like to end um, the episodes with a card poll, just so whoever's listening, if you need a message, this is a message for you. So I'm going to pull out these little cards situated because I actually did not shuffle in advance like I did before. I mean, this isn't a solo card. This isn't a solo reading for you, Raphael. It's for everybody. Take, uh-huh. you, take what you need and leave the rest, though. Um, in general, I'll take what you need and do the rest. And all that good jazzy wazzy waz. You laughing at the way that my shuffle is looking? No, you said jazzy wazzy waz. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Wow. Oh, Lord. I don't know what y'all going through, but let's see. I'm pulling up cards. I pulled the Ace of Cups. I pulled the Ten of Swords, the Three of Wands, the Eight of Wands, the Knight of Swords, the Ace of Swords, and the Seven of Cups. There's a lot going on, and I can't even begin to make sense of all of it. So I'm going to try to follow along the lines of... All I just thought about was Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, that's what I was just reminded of. You were reminded of what? Of Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, all those names of the cards sounded like Yu-Gi-Oh! cards to me. Exodia. None of them say Exodia on them. Or the blue eyes, <laughs> right dragon. There's not even a dragon. Oh, the Knight of Swords is white, so it kind of could look like a blue eyes, white dragon. Whatever. Nonetheless, um... Your move, I'm... Kaiba. <laughs> we said what? I say your move, Kaiba. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of what these cards are saying... Uh, the first that I'm thinking of is like vulnerability is important 
um, and allowing yourself to be open to new emotional opportunities is important and that you don't necessarily need to make decisions right away. Um, if you are still navigating trauma or you're navigating letting go of or letting loosening up baggage or um, things that you're still carrying is okay to know that those times and those situations have ended um, and they don't, they don't belong to you anymore, but you don't also have to have everything figured out, you know, be willing and be open, make decisions that feel right in the moment um, or feel right as in like they, they give hell yes energy and act accordingly, but all in all, you don't necessarily have to um, fully commit to what you are ultimately trying to do, whether it's relationship related, whether it's a heart-filled decision that you want to make, like you're going to receive the information, you're gonna receive the context that you need that's gonna allow you to make decisions um, that honor you, that honor um, you mentally healing, that honor um, the options that you wanna have, to propel your journey and your decision-making forward, to propel your relationships forward, your job, or whatever it might be, but you do need to be able and willing to not hold on to the baggage on your path towards more clarity and more um, making your fantasies and making your dreams come to life, so. That is what I will leave you all with, with all of these cards. I hope that I collapsed them all together to create a collective message. And I honestly feel like I did a good ass job doing it. So that will conclude the episode. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Raphael, for being a guest. You have been pleasant to talk to. Um, did you want to share with the people where they could find you. Do you want them to find you? No. Okay, cool. So <laughs> y'all listen to this episode. Y'all listen to this episode when y'all want to hear his voice because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna find them and I'm not gonna let you know where to find them either. Um and so there is that. Um <laughs> I love I, I love that act that though because you know I listen to a bunch of podcasts and people actually say like where you can find them and all that type of stuff. And I know there's people who like, I don't need another fucking follower after today. Like I'm just over it, but yes. Um, but thank you for having me. This was a great experience and I love you lots. Love you even more. So, so much. Um, thank you all for tuning in and we will catch you or I will catch you for that matter on the next episode. Bye.